and welcome to episode six of Man vs. Reality. Um, yeah, fun times. Still, still going absolutely nuts in the entire world. Uh, yeah, we just cracked straight in instead of me going on a big rant this week. <laughs> I enjoyed it, even if no one else did. But yeah, we shall see. Um, yeah, so this week I've decided to speak about uh, immigration. It's something that's been like a hot topic for pr pretty much everyone in a way. The Western world. I mean, it led led us to Brexit. Basically, you can say what you want, so you're blue in the face about um, it being about economic struggles and those goddamn bureaucrats in Brussels and being forced to do laws that we never had a say in, which was just a lie. Or 350 million a week to the NHS, which there never was to begin with. Um, uh, yeah, but essentially Brexit was about immigration. And it was quite ironic because it's people who don't want brown people immigrating to uh, the UK and the EU only did freedom of movement to the to the EU, basically. And nobody there is brown. Um, they said uh, after we did Brexit that we'd have control of our borders and something that we're actually going to look into on today's podcast is apparently there's been an influx of uh, migrants coming over in boats, uh, illegal immigrants, as they, as they say. Um, if you listened like next week or the other week, I did do a big rant about how um, about the trap that asylum seekers are in. Uh, I'm going to look into that, see if I'm speaking any sense. So just in case you didn't, what I was saying was everybody complains about uh, illegal immigrants coming to this country in small boats illegally, but it's part of the asylum seekers trap that this government who doesn't want them here has uh, cleverly set up so basically it's illegal to travel outside your country of origin or whatever country you're a citizen in without a valid passport those passports are issued to you by the country that you're a citizen of if you're being oppressed by the country that you're a citizen of they either won't issue you a passport or they will make your passport invalid, meaning that any travel you do outside your country of citizenship becomes illegal. So you've got no choice but to stay there or to travel illegally because you've got no legal documents in order to get you over to different borders. Asylum rules in the UK say that you can only apply for asylum in the United Kingdom if you are in the United Kingdom already. That means that if you want to claim asylum in the United Kingdom, you have to travel here illegally in order to claim asylum. Now, anybody with half a brain will tell you that this immigration problem that people are complaining about so much, all these little boats coming across the channel and people washing up when they when dead when the uh, when these boats sadly capsize and people going mad and getting really, really irate about it. They shouldn't be coming over here and all that. It would be solved really, really easily. Basically, you change the rules for asylum seekers so that they can apply without being in this country and you set up a processing centre in Calais in France so they don't have to actually make the trip. Job done. They did that and then they sped up the process saying yes or no and then when they said yes to people they could then get them on a ferry and bring them over here nicely and legally and safely and then when they said no to people those people could go and find somewhere else. 
Obviously, there would still be a small percentage of people trying to sneak in. But then, if they've already been denied the application process, you can just deport them back to wherever they need to be deported back because they're definitely here illegally. I mean, you kind of shouldn't do that because it's uh, out the out of order. But you know, it's what people are going to do. There's going to be reasons why people fail asylum processes in it, either the criminals or this some other thing knocking about that's 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 disqualified them from being an actual asylum seeker. Um, yeah, but that's not going to happen because obviously they can use the fact that immigrants are coming over here in tiny little boats, spending their life savings to do it as well. Who's going to want to do that? No one. Ridiculous. Um, they're, not, they're not doing it by choice. They're doing it by desperation. Oh, anyway, yeah, like I said, I said I wasn't going to go on a big rant, but here we are in the middle of one. Um, yeah, fun times. So, right, let's kick off. I thought it would be good... Um, if we started with um, actually knowing what the crack is. So first question that I wanted to look into is what is an immigrant? So this is just what is an immigrant, whether they come here legally or not, right? So it starts with an I, obviously. <laughs> there we go. What is an immigrant? Ah, okay, so this first one has come up from the Oxford English Dictionary. Immigrant. A person who comes to live permanently in a foreign country. Oh, wow, man, that's disgusting, isn't it? So look, <laughs> so like, if you're familiar with dictionaries, pretty sure everybody is familiar with dictionaries. They've... <laughs> Bastards. So what they do is they give uh, a meaning for the word, okay? So this immigrant, it says it's a noun, thanks very much. They've given a meaning for the word, which is a person who comes to live permanently in a foreign country. But then they also use that word in a sentence. The sentence they have chosen is, they found it difficult to expel illegal immigrants. It doesn't say anything about illegal immigrants. I'm not even asked about that. I just asked what an immigrant was. You don't need to be going in that hard on them already. Jesus Christ, that's just ridiculous. Right, so now we know what an immigrant is. A person who comes to live permanently in a foreign country. So if you just go for a holiday, you're just a tourist. And then if you decide that you want to live and work there, then you are a, um, uh, you're an immigrant. Simple, right? So then what is an illegal immigrant? So we can establish the difference, all right? So there's Wikipedia. It'd been good if it had come up. Oh, see, now look, here's the rival dictionary. So this is the uh, dictionary of cambridge.org. A legal immigrant. Someone who lives or works in another country when they do not have a legal right to do so. Makes sense, right? Okay, so we've got another one here, which is the next one that I wanted to have a look at, which is uh, Asylum Seeker. So to see... What the difference is between illegal immigrants and asylum seekers? Obviously, an asylum seeker has got no um, way to travel other than to be um, an illegal immigrant because they're being persecuted in the land where they come from. Uh, so they have come to your country to seek asylum. But an illegal immigrant doesn't have to be being persecuted. They could have just snuck into any country that they wanted and started living and working there um, without legal rights to do so which means they're not going to be paying any tax or 
anything along those lines. So they're basically living and working there illegally. Um, note, this term is considered offensive by most people. Ah, that's quite interesting. So we're getting very, very PC, very, very early on. Use undocumented immigrant or undocumented person instead. Ah, okay, okay. So in order to avoid offending people who sneak into your country illegally, you should call them by a different name, which is always good fun. Right, so next one I wanted to have a look at was the meaning of asylum seeker. So we can go on the same website, I think, here. Click on the uh, hyperlink on um, dictionary.cambridge.org. So first first meaning came from the Oxford one, and now these two meanings have come from the Cambridge one. Anybody who knows anything about um, university politics will know that they're the two big universities in uh, in the UK, Oxford and Cambridge. They have a bolt race. Um, right, so, asylum seeker. Someone who leaves their own country, often for political reasons or because of war, and who travels to another country, hoping that the government will protect them and allow them to live there. Genuine slash bogus asylum seekers. Oh, man. See, again, look, see, now these are more examples of it being used in a sentence. So, first example, genuine slash bogus asylum seekers. And then the next one is a record numbers of asylum seekers arrived in the UK last month. Why would you use those two as examples unless you had um, a vested interest in triggering racists? <laughs> it's just unreal, isn't it? They've just got no chance. Those are like official dictionaries, official dictionary definitions of immigrants and asylum seekers that are both clearly anti-immigration and anti-asylum seekers that's just a fucking dictionary what are you supposed to do after that oh my god it's absolutely nuts ah uh, yeah so hmm. yeah i'm genuinely like flabbergasted by that so like so yeah, so an asylum seeker is somebody who has fled their own country and is applying to the government of another country for protection. Uh, an immigrant is somebody who just legally moves to the to a different country that they want to live and work in. And an illegal immigrant is uh, somebody who goes to another country and illegally works and lives there without any um, papers or anything like that. So what's the difference then between an asylum seeker and a refugee? Because surely they're the same things. Although, I mean, aren't refugees... Let's have a look. But I think it's that refugees are displaced through, say, war or something like that. So they become um, homeless because their homes have been destroyed. What is a... What is a refugee? Refugee definition. So again, we are back to the Oxford Dictionary. Or, well, it just says dictionary, so I'm assuming this is going to be like the... Um, it might just be the Google dictionary. So I might have been uh, talking crap before. Okay, so refugee. A person who has been forced to leave their country in order to escape war, persecution, or natural disaster. Tens of thousands of refugees fled their homes. So basically, where they live has become unlivable, so they have done one. Um... Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's kind of a neutral sentence, isn't it, that they've used as a uh, thingy for once. So, I mean, it's a little bit nicer than the other ones that we've seen so far. <laughs> oh, my God. That's absolutely amazing.
Right, so now we've kind of established what they are and what they do. Um, let's have a look how many of them we get. So uh, what do we ask now? What percentage of the United Kingdom are immigrants? So this will be like legal immigrants. I wonder if it takes in. It might tell us. We'll have a look. UK population uh, immigrants. There we go. Fourth one down. First one's black. Is that really what people are <laughs> googling? Very specific. <laughs> so, which one is this? Uh, right, so first hit. It's not an ad. Just to make sure of that. So this is uh, migrationobservatory.ox.ac.uk So it's given uh, key points at the start of this article. Next update is going to be in 2024. It's given the authors there. Uh, as it said when it was written, I don't think it's given us a date. Down to the bottom, see where the crack is down there. Acknowledgement uh, for updating this briefing in 2022. Uh, Veronica Fajith, F-A-J-T-H, Fajith. Um, yep, for updating it in 2022. So it's been updated very recently, seen as we're in 2022. Due to be updated August the 5th on 2024. So in 2021, people born outside the UK made up an estimated 414 0.4% of the UK's population or 9.5 million that's absolutely nothing is it but it does say people born outside of the UK all right so if you are uh, an immigrant that's come here and you have your child here then the child that's born here won't be counted in that will it um because they'd be British obviously and it wouldn't make sense if they were counted in that because they're not immigrants. But I imagine if the skin colour is different, then, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so compared to the UK born, migrants are more likely to be aged 26 to 64 and less likely to be children or people of retirement age. Okay, so people who come to this country in the most part are between 26 and 64. Uh, London has the largest number of migrants among all regions in the UK. Uh, about 3.346 million. Or 37% of the UK's total foreign-born population. Yeah, that's quite a lot. But still, that's 37% of 14.4%. That's not a lot. It's just over 3 million in a country of... Uh, let's check. Let's check so we know what we're talking about. So 9.5 million people are here who weren't born in the UK. So that means they're first-generation migrants. Um, UK population. 2022. Uh, this is worldmeters.info. The current population of the United Kingdom is 68. Six, 68.7 million as of Saturday the 15th of October. Damn, man. That was yesterday. I'm recording this on Sunday the 16th. <laughs> That's 
that's cool. That's very up to date. Um, yeah, cool. based on the world meter, uh, elaboration of the of the latest United Nations data, the United Kingdom's 2020 population was an estimated 67.8 uh, million. So it's nearly gone up by one million people. So let's round it up and say 69 million people live in the UK. So there are 90... Uh, right, what, did I, what did I just say? If I round it up to 69, means there are 59.5 million people who were born in the UK. Compared with 9.5 million who weren't. Yeah. Cool. So... That percentage is absolutely nothing, is it, for my, for immigrants actually coming here? I wonder, like I say, if that does include um, illegal immigrants and asylum seekers. But we shall see. Surely it uh, should. In the year ending June 2021, India was once again the most common country of birth for migrants, over 896,000 in the UK. So again. Uh, doing Brexit wouldn't have affected that because India isn't in the European Union. And um, recently, one of the biggest um, things that the Tories have been patting themselves on the back of post-Brexit is an Indian trade deal that's going down, which is going to create billions and billions in trade back and forth. One of the massive things that India insisted on when it was doing this trade deal was to uh, make it easier for Indian people to get visas to come and work in the UK, and obviously vice versa as well, if uh, people from the UK want to go over there. But um, recently, the new Home Secretary um, has said that she doesn't want to do that, that she wants to stop and make it harder for people to come into this country, which is ridiculous because the job market is on its ass. Unemployment is at a really, really low rate, and there are still millions and millions of job vacancies. So we need foreign people to come in in order to do these jobs. And she's saying she doesn't want foreign people to come in in order to do these jobs. So there's literally no one to do them, and <laughs> they ain't going to get done. Um, so obviously, with her saying that she doesn't want as many migrants coming to the UK, India are looking at backing out of this trade deal that is like the biggest thing that they've set up post-Brexit. So, yeah, doing well, guys. Let's carry on. Um, yeah, so it regained the top place uh, from Poland. Also, now that is interesting. So, obviously, Poland being in uh, Europe, I'm, I'm sure it's in the EU, right? Is Poland in the EU? It's most popular. Yeah, so. Uh, from Wikipedia, first one, uh, Poland, European Union, from European Union dot, dot uh, Europa, the EU, yeah, cool. So um, the Wikipedia entry at the top says, Poland has a population of over 38 million and is the fifth most popular member state of the European Union. Yeah, there we go. So it is in the EU. So doing Brexit has meant that less Polish people are coming here. Right? They were the, clearly the people that did everything. <laughs> so, yeah, cool. Um, yep. Uh, after a number of Polish-born people left the UK, Poles still, re Poles still represented the biggest non-British nationality. So we've still got the highest populations of Poles uh, after, after the UK. No, how's that right? They've just said that there's more of them. I don't get what that means. 
Let's look at more on that because that's really just confused me. India became the most common country of origin for migrants. Right, so here we go. Country of birth. Nationality. How? That's weird. So, top 10 countries of birth and nationalities among migrants in the UK. So, what's the difference? I thought your country of birth was your nationality. So, it's saying that uh, the country of birth, the top one is India. But the nationality, the top nationality is Poland, like it's just said. So, let's have a Google of that. What's the difference between your country of birth and nationality? Country of birth. And nationality. Yeah, showing results for all that was spelt right. I get it. Whatever. Okay, so this is ons.gov.uk. Country of birth is the country in which a person was born. This is different to nationality which is the country or countries where a person can have legal status. Although they may not reside in that country. Ah, okay. So say we were still a member of the European Union, my country of birth would be the UK, but my nationality would technically be European because I was allowed to live and work in any of those EU countries. Not anymore, like. Oh, yeah, but we could still say it for the United Kingdom. So, um... Yeah, so my country of birth is England, but my nationality is British because I'm allowed to legally live and work in uh, England, Scotland, Northern Ireland and Wales. Yeah, that makes sense. So my nationality is British, but I was born in England. Right, cool. That's that cleared up. Right, so say someone is Polish, but they were born in India. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I kind of get that now. I, it doesn't, still doesn't really make sense to my head. Because, like, more more people coming from India, you would think that most of them were born in India. But, that said, that is still only 9.3%, whereas 11.6%, no, I don't get it. It's, it's, it's too much for my tiny little pea brain. Right, okay, so if you do this a little, if you hover over the bits on this graph that I'm looking at. So, it's saying... Um, it's saying countries of birth versus nationality, okay? So the countries of birth, the top people for coming to the UK for, via country of birth is India, and then Poland second, Pakistan, uh, the Republic of Ireland, Germany, Romania, Nigeria, South Africa, Italy, and China, okay? So they're the countries of birth. Nationality, the top, however many this is, I'm assuming it's 10, is Poland, Republic of Ireland second, India is third, then Romania, Italy, Portugal, Spain, Pakistan, uh, Nigeria and the USA right so if I hover over this it's uh, a little graphic has popped up on top of this graph that I'm now hovering over it says country of birth India percentage of foreign born 9.3% uh, residents in the UK uh, 896,000 so if I Hover over the nationality of Poland. It says nationality Poland. Percentage of non-UK nationals, 11.6%. Residents in the UK, 
696,000. See, it still doesn't make sense. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> too much for my head. <laughs> Not that massively bothered about it. It's taken up a little bit too much time of my um, thing. Right, so we've basically found out what we wanted to find out. Immigrants make up 14.4% of the UK's population, or 9.5 million, in a country of around 69 million people. So, next question. What percentage of the UK population are illegal? Immigrants. See, it's just come up with the same facts there. Irregular immigration in the UK. Right, let's have a look at this, see what this says. So I think this is from the same website that we've just been on. Yeah, so this is migrationobservatory.ox.ac.uk. Irregular immigration, uh, irregular migration in the UK. This briefing examines irregular migration, also called illegal immigration in the UK, including the difficulties in defining and measuring it and evidence on its nature and scale. Next update comes in December of this year. Let's go down to the bottom again, see if it tells us when it was updated last. No, it doesn't. It gives us a lot of... Minus 2009. So it means it's due to be upgraded soon, but it doesn't... There are a lot. Oh, Jesus. Let's go to the top. We can't find out when it was. We know it's due to be updated, but we know the author. Peter Walsh. Okay, so there is no legal nor broadly accepted definition of an illegal migrant, though the term is mostly most commonly used to refer to people who are in the UK without a legal right to be so. Irregular migrants are not generally permitted access to benefits, social housing, or free hospital care, obviously. But they also don't pay taxes, do they? So that stands, uh, stands to reason. Exit checks data do not provide an accurate measure of visa overstaying. Ah, okay, so if you've got a visa to legally work in the UK and it runs out, then you become an irregular or an illegal migrant because you no longer have a legal right to live and work in the UK. Uh, and the government does not know to which degree of accuracy how many visa overstayers there are in the UK. In the financial year 17 and 18, around 1,800 people trying to enter the UK without authorisation were apprehended in the UK. But the total number of attempted and successful unauthorised entries is not measurable, obviously, because they're just going to go straight into hiding. Uh, there are no statistics on how many people have been regularised. Hmm. Yeah, so, um, right. Refused asylum seekers contribute to the UK's irregular migration population, but the precise number of who have not left the country <laughs> as required is not known. So, another issue with the fact that you have to be in the UK in order to apply for asylum is if you're application for asylum gets turned down, they don't know whether you've gone home or not. Right, so everybody moaning about illegal 
migration and stuff like that, changing the rules around asylum seekers should be the first thing in their favour to make it easier for them. That should be the first thing you're complaining about. Because I imagine, why would you go home? Why would you go anywhere else besides the UK? You just hide. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, right, this looks like it's quite old. So, like, the most recent up-to-date thing that we've got is 2017 to 2018. According to, like, loads of reports, it's gone up, like, considerably since then. So, we'll see what else we can find on uh, any different websites. Migrant Watch UK. See? I'm a little bit... I don't know who runs Migrant Watch UK. Let's have a click on there, see what it is. See now, from that picture, I'm not a fan of sticking around on this website. Oh, it's just a fucking picture of people that are actually coming here, innit? For months we've been keeping track of reported illegal entries with our channel tracking station. Now these figures have been essentially echoed by the Home Office after it released right so after it released its first ever statistics de detailing a regular migration in the UK. Right, so let's get off this seemingly racist ass website. I don't know whether it is or not, it's just me making assumptions based on the big picture of uh, lots of migrants we assume sat in a dinghy in what we assume is the channel but we don't know any of that do we so here we go here's the official government page from gov.uk a regular migration to the uk year ending 2021 published in february 2022 about the statistics introduction how many migrants were detected arriving in the UK via small boats? So this is the thing that people go absolutely friggin' nuts about. Uh, there were 28,526 people detected arriving in small boats in 2021. This compares with 8,466 in 2020, 1,843 in 2019, and 299 in 2018. Why has it gone up so much? It's quite interesting, isn't it? So, like, obviously we Brexited. When did Brexit actually happen? So when did that? When did Brexit come into effect? I'm pretty sure it was 21. Um, when did the UK leave the EU? I think it was the start of 2021. Uh, European Council, uh, 11 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time, January 31st, 2020. Okay. The UK, yeah. So on January the 31st, 2020, the UK formally ceased to be a member of the EU. And in 2020, uh, migration of people coming over in small boats jumped by just under 8,000. And then the year after that, it's jumped by 20,000. Now, is that because they've been detecting more people? Or is that because more people have been trying to come over? Could be both. God knows. So they've got a graph here of showing 
how it escalated and how it didn't. Wow, man. So between September, October, November of 2021, it went up drastically. And then it shows it dropping right off again, but yeah. There were 1,034 small boats detected arriving in the UK in 2021. Each boat contains multiple people. Compared with 641 in 2020, 164 in 2019, and 43 in 2018. So it has increased massively, hasn't it? So getting control of our borders seems to have been pissed right out of window, which is one of the main things they campaigned for Brexit on. So, yeah. Right, so that's pretty much what we, what we needed to know from there. But I mean, I mean, it's not a grand total of how many are in the in the country. But I wonder if it carries on to tell you. Let's have a look at the titles of some of these different places. Average number of people per boat, new. Uh, number of small boat arrivals nationally, 2021. All right, so people arriving on these small boats, uh, most of whom were from Iraq. Uh, Iran, and then Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, other nationalities, notes, um, other irregular routes. Arrivals by small boats recorded detected in the UK. Uh, about the statistics, small boats, other entry methods. Right, it's not really told us like a like an overall population view. Let's see if we can find anything like that anywhere. Back check. It is not known how many immigrants. Right. Routers. It is not known how many. Blah, blah, blah. Confirm my choices. I'm bleeding cookies coming up every two minutes. Right, so this is uh, from Reuters.com and it is fact-checking a post that was shared 46,000 times on Facebook that claimed there are 2 million illegal immigrants in the UK. Illegal immigrants, not uh, UK immigrants. This is misleading, although the exact numbers of illegal immigrants in the UK are unknown. Var various estimates put the number well below 2 million. The full post reads, there is no point in locking us down. There were two million illegals wandering around the UK and our borders are still open. If you're the worst people. Right, so then it goes on to say, in 2005, a Home Office report estimated that there were between 310,000 to 570,000 unauthorised migrants living in the UK. So those are people whose visas have run out, people who have snuck in illegally, Asylum seekers who have refused to go home and been lost in the system mainly. Basically anyone who's not legally allowed to um, look here. Most recent estimates have been conducted by Pew, Pew, Pew Research Centre and Greater London Authority. It's estimated that there were between 594,000 and 745,000 undocumented migrants in the UK in 2017. Meanwhile,
Oh, so I think that might have been just for Greater London. Meanwhile, the Pew Research Centre estimated that there were between 800,000 1.2 million unauthorised immigrants in Britain in 2017, down from 900,000 uh, to 1.3 thousand in the previous year. Of the research completed by Migration Observatory, which was the website we were on before, the estimates conducted by the Pew Research Centre is the highest. This is, however, still considerably less than 2 million put forward by the Post. So the verdict is that this has been misleading. But was that from 2017? Let's have a look when this article was done. So no, this was from September 30th, 2020. Alright, that's when this article was written. But it's only giving statistics there up to 2017. So today, there could be 2 million. It's fucking five years on. So it's probably right, that post. Even though horrible people have posted it, it's probably friggin' right. The exact number of... This is their verdicts that they've come to in this article, all right? So it's been... It's misleading. This post is misleading. Exact number of illegal immigrants in the UK is not known. However, the most recent studies estimate between 594,745 or between 800,000 and 1.2 million, respectively. And then you can go on to read more about Reuters fact-checking. But, but that's like, most recent estimates there it's saying were in 2017. So that's no help to us, is it? It's been five years of more migrants since then. Oh, excuse me. See, this again is full fact, which is... Right, oh, that's, oh, that's a PDF that's just download. Stupid bastard thing. Yeah, don't want that. <coughs> oh, oh dear. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Sorry about that. That's not up on me from nowhere. Uh, migration Statistics, House of Commons Library. So this is the Commons Library. Uh, CommonsLibrary.Parliament.UK, Migration Statistics. Okay, so 573,000 people migrated into the UK and around 334,000 people emigrated from it, leaving net migration, so that is the, the amount of people who came minus the amount of people who left, at 239,000 people. This is uh, in the year ending June 2021, so it's quite recent, so it's about a year and a half nearly. Um, looks like these might be the most recent statistics and stuff we'll be able to find. Uh, okay, so in the year ending June 2021, 60 million people were living in the UK who had a nationality. Uh, 6 million, sorry, not 60, that's the entire population. 6 million people were living in the UK who had a nationality from a different country, 9% of the total population. So we now know that that 9% of the total population has gone up to... Um, was it 9.4%? Uh, was it 14%? 14.4% it was. And it's gone up to 9.5 million. 3.4 million EU nationals were living in the UK. 
As of 2019, around 994,000 UK nationals were living in the EU countries, excluding Ireland. Why do people migrate to the UK? God knows now. There's a date on this. So this was published Monday, 26th of September, 2022. So we ain't getting any better than this, are we? So this is, um, that was published last month, end of last month, about three weeks ago, uh, this, and it's still only showing research up to the end uh, of June last year. And this is from the UK's official government website. Migrants living in the UK. There are few foreign. There are fewer foreign nationals living in the UK than there are people born in other countries. Wait, what? There are few. There are fewer foreign nationals living in the UK than there are people born in other countries. Right. Okay. So that's the country of birth versus nationality, daft argument again, isn't it? Yeah, kind of makes sense. So obviously, like that, I include like Scottish people and stuff. I imagine. Uh, in twenty twenty one, there were approximately six million people with non British nationalities living in the UK. Around nine point six million people were born abroad. Right. So I wonder if that because that nine point six there, that's your fourteen point four percent in it that we saw before. So. If you were born abroad, but your nationality is British, then you'd still count in that second figure of 9.6 million. But if you were born abroad and your nationality was non-British, then you'd be only 6 million. So there were, what, 3.6 million people whose nationality is British, but they were born in a different country. Yeah, that's what I'm getting from that. So, yeah. Okay, so the UK's migrant population is concentrated in London with around 35% of people living in the UK who were born abroad living in the capital city. Similarly, around 37% of people living in London were born outside the UK compared with 14% for the UK as a whole. Definitions of a migrant. Okay, so um, a migrant can be broadly defined as a person who changes their country of usual residence. Conventionally, there are three different ways of making this definition more precise. A migrant can be someone whose country of birth is different to the country of, the, of residence, someone whose nationality is different to their country of residence. Someone who changes the country of usual residence for a period of at least a year so that the country of destination effectively becomes the country of usual residence. Right, that was boring. Sorry. <laughs> the difference between migrants and asylum seekers. So this is the government's definition by the look of it. A migrant who's someone... <coughs> A migrant is someone who changes their country of usual residence. An asylum seeker is someone who does so from a fear of persecution or re for reasons of race, religion, social group or political opinion. So they're being persecuted for one of those reasons. They will change their country of residence. 
In a sense, asylum seekers are generally counted as a subset of migrants and are included ah, and are included in official estimates of migrant stocks and flows. Okay, so that figure that we saw before includes asylum seekers. So that's 573,000 uh, people who migrated to the UK also includes asylum seekers who migrated to the UK in the year starting June 2020 and ending June 2021. That ain't many, is it? And when you take it to a fact that like 334 people have left, leaving a, uh, a net total of extra people at... 239,000 including asylum seekers and people who migrated here illegally that ain't that many compared to a country worked for a year compared to a country of 69 million people that we are now not even quarter of a million people extra I think that's quite livable isn't it but people will use these figures to get mad, so whatever you want to do. Right, so that is quite interesting. So I imagine that if we, like, so the illegal immigrant thing is, is kind of pointless. So that figure that we saw before, which has come up from Migration Observatory again, right at the top of my screen here, which is the total... Uh, my popula UK's population of migrants, 14.4% 14 14 .4 of people are uh, migrants, then that also includes um, asylum seekers, obviously. Yeah, that's it. Right, so let's have a click on these, see if we can do anything else about the illegal immigration while we're here. How many illegal immigrants are in the UK today? Newly released Home Office figures reinforce our warnings. Who's this? This is Migrant Watch UK. So I'm already a bit fucking sceptical of these bad boys. Home Office figures reinforce our warnings that there has been a huge rise in illegal immigration in recent years. From 13,000 in 2018 to more than 35,000 in bold. So you shout it at your screen and get dead mad. As if they're coming to take your house um, to more than 35,000 in 2021. How many uh, illegal migrants came to the UK in 2020? Right, so that's uh, the gov.com. That is what we were reading before. It was like a lot. There's been like 28,000 in 2021, hasn't there? So, uh, how many immigrants are in the UK in 2020? So, this is getting on to, again, Migrant Watch UK. There are 122,266 decisions on applications for settlement in the UK in the year ending June 2022. 29% more than in 2019. But that's like, that's two years ago three years ago. Um, of these, 120,770, 99% will result in a grant. There were 
194,000 grants of British citizenship in a year ending June 2022, 22% more than in 2019. So? So they're allowed to be British citizens now. Why are you getting offended by that? Why is it? Why? Why are you getting mad at that? They're allowed to be here. 99% of them have like, been made okay. So they clearly weren't illegal immigrants. They just didn't have the required documentation at the time. You pricks. <laughs> Till I get a little bit wound up about it. But it's my hippie side coming out again. I don't think there should be any borders anywhere. We should just be able to live and work wherever we want. Who gives a shit? Racists. Racists. That's who gives a shit. Mm. And xenophobes, because that's kind of different, isn't it? A xenophobe is basically a racist against the people who have got the same skin colour as them. <laughs> so, the more stupids. I mean, being racist is stupid, but being racist against your own race, just because you've come from a different country, is like double stupid, right? Okay, so where are we at right now? So that there has... What we've just read out from uh, Migrant Watch... I need to stop giving them any credit. Uh, what we just read out there from Migrant Watch is going to be the amount of applications for asylum in it. But let's just Google that, see if we can find anywhere better. Applications... UK twenty twenty two. Where's this? So this is gov.uk. So let's have a look at that. Asylum applications. There were sixty three thousand and eighty nine asylum applications relating to 75,181 people. So obviously some of those applications would have been for full families in the UK in the year ending June 2022. So whatever I've just been reading out there. All right, so that that would have been British citizenship then. It's not applications for asylum. Is it? That's so that's Right, so let's have a look at this. How many people do we grant asylum protection to? So this is the official government website. This is gov.uk. Is uh, an internal quality assurance exercise. Okay, people granted protection and other leave through the asylum and settlement routes. The UK offered protection in the form of asylum, humanitarian protection, alternate forms of leave and residence to 15,684 people, including their dependents, in the year ending June 2022. 12,968 were granted refugee status following an asylum application, 859 granted humanitarian protection, 235 granted alternate forms of leave, such as discretionary leave, UASC leave, 
1,622 granted refugee status through the resettlement scheme. An additional 5,290 parents and children of refugees living in the UK were granted entry to the UK through the family reunion visas, 29% fewer than the number in 2019, the year prior to the pandemic. So that is a grand total of 20... 21,000, just under. 21,000 people were allowed to come to the UK under the asylum, including people, um, 5,000 people who had family already here, um, and another 15,500 people who came in just off their own back. So compared with how many actually applied for asylum, that's how many people were granted it within a year. So like, even... In a country with a population as big as ours, like 63,000 extra people is nothing, is it? It's not, it's, yeah, it's, there's no numbers whatsoever. So these are people who are actually claimed asylum who would have come over illegally. Um, that, 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 yeah, that's no numbers. It's not even like anywhere near. 500,000 to make it half a million. It's not even near a quarter of a million. It's not even a hundred thousand. So it's no numbers whatsoever. So why not just let them all in? We need more. But anyway, it's not what it's about, is it? So that's so 63,000 people applied, 20,000 of those people were let in. No, well, no, there were 63,000 applications, there were 75,000 people involved in those applications and only 20,000 people were let in. So either the other 55,000 people are still in the application process or they've been told no and assumedly have either been deported or slipped through the cracks or whatever happens. Yeah, that's that's kind of scary. It's just just letting all those people slip through the cracks and do whatever like i don't understand why it takes so long for the asylum process to be processed surely it's in their interest to get them through the system as quickly as possible and they can get a job and start earning money instead of us having to pay for them for longer but then again less people would be annoyed if they became actual valid citizens on it right so the last anyway last thing i wanted to have a look at is um does migration actually do immigrants affect um, public services in a big way? Because we're led to believe that we should be having less people here from other countries because you can't get uh, primary school places anywhere. There's no uh, doctors that, uh, that are available because there are too many migrants holding it up and all that kind of thing. So basically, are they here to steal our jobs and our unemployment benefit both at the same time? Now, we've seen... If you're an illegal immigrant or a migrant, you can't apply for benefits or anything along those lines. So they can't be stealing our benefits. They also can't work legally. So if they're working illegally, then it's not their fault. It's the fault of the bosses that might be British or they might be other immigrants or whatever. But there's got to be somewhere 
in order to create that work that becomes like legal, somebody is paying them money and they shouldn't be because they can't work legally because they're not legal, legally allowed to be in the UK. So they can't claim benefits if they're an illegal immigrant and they can't claim and they can't work legally. So how they can steal your job um, if you've got a legal job in the UK, they can't. How they can take benefits, they can't. They're not even allowed to go to like public school or to use um, the NHS or anything like that. So you getting annoyed about them using benefits when they actually can't is you know exercising futility but what about legal ones um does immigration have an effect on access to public services we go public services booyah so this is fullfact.org. Again, this is the very top result that's come up. We've done quite well on the first pages of these. We've not seen any ads or anything along those lines. So happily, no one is a big enough piece of crap to try and advertise something along those lines. Right, so the first one is full facts. We'll have a click on this and a quick look at this again in a minute. Uh, migrant contribution to the provisions of public services in two main ways, by paying taxes that contribute to... Right, cool. So... It'd be interesting to see if them paying taxes offsets how much they actually take out. But anyway, so the, these are the questions people also asked section on this uh, Google page. How many... How does immigration affect the NHS? Free access to other types of NHS provider hospital care depends on immigration status. There are slight differences in the rules between England, Scotland and Wales, but in general, people can receive NHS hospital treatment without charge if... They qualify as ordinarily resident in the UK. Negative impacts are what are negative impacts of immigration? However, so this is from economichelp.org. However, immigration is also controversial. It is argued immigration can cause issues of overcrowding, congestion, extra pressure on public services. There's also a debate about whether immigration of unskilled workers leads to downward pressure on wages and even unemployment of native workers. So are they over there taking our jobs? Have um, unskilled workers, labourers and stuff like that coming into the job market meant a stagnation of wages? What are the main consequences of immigration? Labour supply, no, no, no. Immigration affects the labour supply, so the amount of jobs, uh, as it increases the pool of workers in certain sectors of the economy, which is we're suffering from now, is the opposite of that, because they've all gone home. Um, at the same time, immigration is likely to increase the demand for labour as migrants expand consumer demand for certain goods and services. Okay, so there are more people here that need catering for, so more jobs are needed to be created in order to cater for the people. So migration actually creates jobs as well as takes jobs up. And then there's the increase in taxes and all that kind of shit. Let's see if it says that in this first article. So, oh, so it's jumped straight to it. So this is fullfact.org on immigration. Um, second, migrants 
contribute, let's see what is highlighted here directly for us. Migrants contribute to the provision of public services in two main ways, by paying taxes that contribute to funding of these services and as workers involved in their provision. So in other words, people who come from abroad and work in the NHS uh, helping the NHS. Okay. Studies on the net fiscal impact of migration have generally found that overall the foreign born make national and local tax contributions that are roughly comparable to the cost of the services and benefits they receive. So they're basically paying for themselves. So legal legal migrants coming over here and working are putting enough in via taxes to cover what they take out via public services. So the argument that they're stealing stuff is bullshit. Some public services rely heavily on migrant workers. Foreign-born people are overrepresented in social care, so people looking after your nanas and granddads and disabled relatives, um, and NHS national, uh, NHS medical workforce, for example. However, it is not possible to quantify the impact of this workforce on the availability and cost of these services because there are a very large number of assumptions that will be required. That's quite an interesting one, isn't it? The share of students who are known or believed to have a first language other than English... I don't care what language they speak. Alright, anyone? Right, so let's go to the top of this article. So it's given us some key points here, it looks like, uh, for us to read through. Damn, this is an old one. Shit. 6th of May 2015. This is. Some areas in the UK have experienced higher levels of migration than others. So this is even before the Brexit vote, this. Oh, no, it isn't. You're talking shit. Am I? I don't know. What was the date of it? I think it was 2016, wasn't it? So we uh, left 31st January 2020. Pretty sure the vote was 2016, right? Yes. 30th of July 2016 was when the vote was. Cool, cool, cool. So this is before the Brexit vote and before everything. Uh, looking at most recent trends, increasing foreign-born population. We want, we want a more recent one than that, please, guys. So this is, let's have a look. Health Foundation. And uh, this is from 14th of November 2019. Existing evidence shows that immigration makes a positive contribution to the UK health service. So that's one form of public service. So that's obviously, um, right, so both the NHS and social care in England are suffering from severe staffing shortages. Jesus, this is before all Brexit and everything in the all and all. The NHS currently has what? <coughs> oh, excuse me, 100,000 vacancies, including a shortage of 40,000 nurses. The health service is struggling to train and recruit enough nurses from within the UK. It will continue to have significant reliance on international recruitment for the near future to prevent further deterioration of the service. A non-resident migration policy will be crucial to ensure the numbers of doctors, nurses, social care workers are sufficient to provide high quality care. 
So we need people from abroad because there aren't enough of us to be doing those jobs. <laughs> So that makes sense. So basically we need foreigners. We need migrants to help with the NHS. And from what we've seen so far, um, evidence has shown that they contribute more to the UK health services due to the fact that a lot of them work in it and they pay taxes enough to offset whatever benefits that other migrants might be claiming. I really want to find a more... Right, so here's, here's from the BBC. This should be quite interesting. How does uh, immigration affect public services? bbc.co.uk. Again, this is from 2015. Why are these all from so long ago? Services. Let's put 2020 in the search bar. See if we can find a more recent fucking thing. New plan for immigration. Okay, this should be interesting. Let's have a look at this, shall we? Oy, this is going to be bad. So this is from gov.uk, um, completely off topic a little bit. New plan for immigration, legal migration and border control. Ministerial foreword by the Home Secretary. For the first time in decades, we have full de democratic control over our borders. Oh my God, no, I'm not reading that. I'm tapping out on that one already because she's the worst. Excuse me. Right, here we go. Here, this should be quite interesting. So this is from the Migration Observatory, what we were on before. This is fiscal impact of immigration in the UK. So again, we've got some key points. The fiscal impact of migration to the UK is small and differs, from, uh, differs by migrant groups. The fiscal effect of immigration depends on migrant characteristics. The most recent government data shows the EA nationals pay more in income tax and national insurance contributions than they remove in tax and child benefits. But that is not the full picture. So this is from March 2022. The official budget responsibility forecast that higher net migration reduces pressure on government debt over time. So they're giving more into the economy than they are taking out, basically. That's what everything that we're seeing is saying at the minute. Be interesting in that one that I've just read there, but that is not the full picture. Where's this going to jump us to? Okay, so the most recent government data shows that EEA nationals pay more in income taxes and national insurance contributions than they receive in tax credit and child benefits. So they're putting more into the economy than they are taking out. But that isn't the full picture. In the past few years, the government has published data derived from Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs and the Department of Work and Pensions of the amount paid and received by foreign nationals. For example, HMRC data shows that in, uh, I think that's financial year 2018-2019, the most recent year for which there is data, EEA and Swiss citizens paid £22.4 more in income tax and national insurance contributions than they took out in tax credits and child benefits. So what's EEA stand for then in this in this instance? So that's like twenty um 
paid more in income tax and national insurance contributions than they took out in tax credits. HMRC 2022, non-EEA and non-Swiss citizens. So this, right, so I'm assuming EEA is like from the European Union, right? I'm going to have a check of that in a minute. Um, so, right, let's have a check of that now before I continue reading and just get myself in a right model. What does EEA stand for? European Economic Area. So people within the EU, basically. So people in... Right, so let's read through that again. Okay, so... Um, Her Majesty's Customs, Department of Work and Pensions. Um, for example, HMRC data shows that between 2018 and 2019, the most recent year they've got data for, uh, EEA, so European Union members, and Swiss citizens paid... 22.4 billion more in income tax and national insurance contributions than they took out in tax credit and child benefits. While non-EEA and non-Swiss citizens paid 20 billion more in income tax and national insurance than they received in tax credit and child benefits. So, they ain't stealing your... Um, yeah, so they ain't stealing your benefits. They are... Paying, they are subsidising them. They are giving you more. Um, and they are giving you more money than they are taken out. And then it just goes on to give us all of the information that we want. So, uh, okay, so. We've had a look at that. So I'm still trying to find out whether it's, say, harder to get. School places and shit like that. Does immigration have an effect on access to... On jobs? Let's have a look at that. So we've got simple. So we know that you, they're not stealing your benefits. Are they stealing your jobs? Migrant Observatory. Again, this... We should have just stayed on this website for the whole time, I think. Let's go up to the top. So, labour market effects of immigration. This is from February 2020. This briefing discusses the impact of immigration on the labour market in the UK, focusing on wages and employment. The impact of immigration on wages and employment of existing workers depends on factors such as uh, whether migrants are skilled or unskilled. Yeah, 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 yeah. Research shows a very small impact of overall immigration on employment and unemployment of UK-born workers. So it doesn't affect whether you can get a job or not. Read that again. Research shows a very small impact of overall immigration on the employment or un and unemployment of UK-born workers, though this effect is stronger among those with lower levels of education. So the less educated you are, the less this, yeah, the less types of jobs you can go for. Um, in other words, like menial workers are going to be affected more because immigrants can do menial work easier than they can get into higher-paid, more educated jobs. Okay. Uh, research suggests that immigration has small impacts on average wages of UK workers, but that the impacts 
are not evenly distributed. Low-wage workers are more likely to lose, while medium and high-paid workers are more likely to gain from immigration. That's quite interesting. Theory does not predict exactly what the labour market effects of immigration will be. Immigration affects the labour supply as it increases the pool of workers in certain sectors of the economy. At the same time, immigration is likely to increase the demand for labour. As migrants expand consumer demand for certain goods and services. Research shows a small impact overall of overall immigration on the employment. Uh, a number of studies have examined immigration leads to higher whether immigration leads to higher unemployment or inactivity among existing workers have found either small or no effects. Reviewing the results of 12 studies conducted between 2003 and 2018, the Migratory Advisory Committee drew three conclusions. First, that immigration has little or no impact on average employment or unemployment of existing workers. Second, that where an impact is found, it tends to be concentrated among certain groups, i.e. a negative effect on those with lower education, a positive effect for those with higher levels of education. And third, the impact may depend on the economic cycle. Some, though not all, studies have found adverse effects on employment or unemployment, specifically during downturns. So if you're in a downturn, then um, you're looking for cheaper workers, I imagine. But overall, it has little to no effect on the employment and unemployment of indigenous workers so they ain't stealing your benefits and they ain't stealing your jobs um immigration has a small impact on average raise rises of the uk but the effects are not evenly distributed evidence gaps and limitations okay so again reviewing 12 studies between uh 2003 and 2018 concluded that immigration had little impact on average wages. Some studies had found small negative impacts on average wages, while others found positive average effects. So they ain't putting the wages up and down. I, depend, I imagine it depends on where you work, what you do, who you work for. Right, so last one that I wanted to have a quick look at is, let's say, school places. Because one of the pro most problem so one of the biggest problems that you hear them talking about is um, oh I can't find a school um, here we go so there there we go first one I can't find a school place for my kid yeah because there's too many migrants here so again, this is going all the way back to 2015. Okay, uh, Mail reports that immigration is fueling a primary school shortage from Daily Mail. A shortage in school places, basically. Well, that's 2015. I want to try and find uh, a newer one. Right, let's refine this search a little bit. Is it harder to 
to find a school place in somewhere higher migration. See, again, it's just come up with the same results that we've just... Uh, International migration in the uh, right. So this is office uh, for national statistics. So these guys are the guys who do all the statistics for the nation, basically. Uh, they're the ONS. So ons.gov.uk um, census twenty twenty one, I think. Right. So. What does the current have? Um, international migration in the education sector. Whether it be the number of children requiring school places, the attainment of pupils, or the number of teaching and support staff, the impact and contribution of international migration on the education sector is a topic of high public interest. Explore what the current evidence shows for your local area using our interactive tools. Ooh, that's quite a nice one. So this is from 2019. School place demand. Here we go. English as an additional language. Staff. People proficiency. Next step. Right, so let's go to school place demand. The main driver of changes in the demand for school places is the number of children being born rather than recent international migration. So how many kids you're having affects it more than people coming into the country. The demand for school places is influenced by many factors. Da, 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 da. Data published by the Department of Education and the Office of National Statistics slows, shows that at the national level, pupil numbers have fluctuated over the past 16 years with births being the main driver of change rather than recent international migration children. However, international migration affects the number of births. Oh, that's interesting. And births of non-EU-born mothers have increased over the last 20 years. That is quite interesting. Nice. So, basically, what it's saying there is, uh, over the last 16 years, the main driver of the increased want for school places has been how many kids are being born, rather than how many kids are being brought into the country. So, there we go. I think that's pretty much answered all of our questions on uh, immigrants uh, and stuff like that, yeah. There, there are quite a few asylum... Oh, right. So I wanted to check, right at the start of this, I said I wanted to check on um, Thingy, whether or not... Uh, I was right uh, saying that there is... Uh, the trap for asylum seekers. Um, so let's Google that real quick. That's a nice one to finish on. So that'll, that'll have taken us right around about. Then we could do a bit of a conclusion and then I can let you go on about your lovely business. Um, 
do asylum seekers have passports? Keep it simple. Have passports. Refugees are likely unable to obtain passports from their states of nationality from which they have sought asylum and therefore need travel documents so they might engage in international travel. Simple as that. <laughs> so, should we have a look at how um, entering the UK to claim asylum? Right to remain. Refugee Convention says that asylum seekers should not be punished if they have good reason for using false passports. <laughs> Noise. That is from um it's from righttoremain.org. A guide to UK immigration and asylum seekers. A new law called the Nationality and Borders Act 2022 has recently come into force. The Act has brought about significant changes to UK asylum and immigration system. We're in the process of updating our toolkit to reflect the developments. For now, please be aware, information on this page may be out of date. Right, so stuff is changing. Illegal entry. Under Section 40 of the Nationality and Borders Act 2022, it is illegal for a person to arrive in the UK without a visa. As there is no such thing as an asylum visa, this law will apply to almost all asylum seekers entering the UK. From the 28th of July 2022 onwards, anybody who enters the UK without a visa or claims asylum will be breaking the law. So it's illegal for asylum seekers to come to the country and impossible for asylum seekers to claim asylum without being in the country. That's quite a beautiful little trap that they've got going there. And all they're doing is using it to make you mad. That's it. Absolutely amazing. The offence carries a maximum sentence of four years. Five years for people who re-enter the UK or breach a deportation order. <laughs> that... That is fucking funny. So, right? If you enter... <laughs> if you enter the UK illegally, we're going to put you in prison in the UK for four years. We're not going to deport you. We're going to make you stay here for four years in jail. Uh, the government has said that prosecutions will target people re-entering the UK. As a failed asylum seeker, um, we'll also target people. Uh, a person who successfully applies for an unrelated visa, for example, a tourist visa, can enter the UK lawfully and claim asylum without breaching Section 40 of NABA. However, it would be impossible to secure a tourist visa without being dishonest on the application by saying that you intend to travel to the UK for a holiday when your real intent would be to enter the UK to claim asylum. So if you... The only way you can get a visa as an asylum seeker is to lie about why you're coming to the UK. And lying on a visa application makes that visa null and void, which again puts you into the category of a legal immigrant. <laughs> so you would be breaking a different law. It's also a criminal offence. Uh, 
Deception is what happens when you hide or misrepresent the truth. Uh, false passports. Some people have come to the UK to seek asylum. Will use their own passports for some reason. For some people, however, this is not possible. But the thing is, if that passport of yours has been like disavowed or whatever they do, it, it's not worth anything, is it? And as soon as they scan it through that computer or put your number in, you'll be denied a right to travel. It's a criminal offence to knowingly enter the UK using a false passport. However, some people have no option. This might be because they do not have a passport and ask for one. And to ask for one will put them in danger, which is the point that I was making. It's a beautiful trap that they've got. Um, or if they will have their... Uh, uh, yeah, if they do have their own passport using it, might put them in danger. Because if they put in their passport number and the country of origin that's looking for them that they are running away from, it comes up on their friggin' computer, they'll be able to find them. It's gross, isn't it? There we go. Article 31 of the Refugee Convention recognises the possible danger of using a real passport and your own name while fleeing persecution in your country of origin. The Refugee Convention says that asylum seekers should not be punished if they have a good reason for using a false passport. 31 principle is written... Da, 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 da. Section 31 means... You may have a not guilty defence if you're charged with a document offence and can prove you have come to the UK to claim asylum, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, cool. So, basically, they're, if they use a false passport to get into the UK, rather than travelling here on a, a local boat, they're doing something that's illegal, but they should be able to get away with it because they might not have any other choice. So, what I was saying at the start of it, that they've got them in a really nice... Uh, crappy situation uh, was pretty much right um, yeah immigrants have got no choice and they've got no passport I think that pretty much answers everything that we came here to uh, to talk about I'm quite happy with that so there aren't that many immigrants in the UK illegal or otherwise not many to make a massive amount of difference anyway they are putting more into the economy than they're taking out so they aren't stealing your benefits Um they aren't stealing your jobs because it has little to no effect uh, on the job market, on employment and unemployment. Um, illegal immigrants can't steal your benefits or steal your jobs anyway because they're not legally entitled to do so. Um, applications for asylum are pretty high, but they're not putting many in. And the asylum, uh, the asylum system is a bit of a joke. And if they changed it just a little bit, then people in small boats would stop coming over and you could stop being really annoyed about everything. Yeah, yeah. so if you're still here by the end of all that again, then thanks for listening or thanks for watching. Um, yeah, give us a like or a subscribe on here. On We're on all the social medias. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook and all the Twitters and everything along those lines. But for now, uh, yeah, thanks a lot. See you soon.